the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. For Tuesday, April 10th, this hour, why has America changed so much? Our guest, nationally syndicated radio host David Wheaton. In praise of slacker parenting, failing and learning from it can be one of the best predictors of a child's future success. And our hosts ask, what are you reading? Actually, I listen to them so I don't have to. John Hall is still AWOL, so here are Kathy Emmons and Dave Moore. He says that like John's just, you know, kind of abandoned us. He hasn't called in in five days. We're about to send out the search party. I mean, I don't know if we should, based on what happened with the last guy. I don't know. John Hall's actually taken a few days off. I mean, we should probably treat him with respect, verbally. Don't you think we should, Dave? He's earned it. At least. Dave Moore, welcome in. Thank you, Kathy. How are you doing today? I'm doing well today. Do you know why? It's 5-2 Pirates. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Feeling yeah. good. Because you know the commentary on the Pirates so far this year, even though they're 6-1, uh, and one, is... 7-2. Well, and two. Okay, whatever. Close. Yeah, sorry. It's that they haven't really beaten anybody. Okay. They haven't beaten a good team, so it's not like that record really means anything. Mm. Right? Yeah. Except that, look who we're playing today. The Cubs. But at the end of the year... And the Cubs are seventy and ninety-two. Well, they're say, not well, going to be. Oh, you think the Cubs are going to be seventy well, and ninety-two? I don't know, but well, if they if they are seventy and ninety-two, they've done a horrible job managing their payroll. But we're ten games. Horrible job. We're ten games into the season. Nobody is anybody at this point. No, but I guess I winning just, is winning. Look, I appreciate the angst with which the average Pittsburgh sports lover views pirate management. Okay. Because that's just reality. Give it give okay? it some more here. Okay. Go. I am angry that Andrew McCutcheon was traded. Mm-hmm. I am. Andrew McCutcheon is a great player, but also he was the most solid link between the organization and the city. Yeah. I, and they squandered that, and that was incredibly stupid on their part. I get that. Who is the face of the organization right. now? Right. Well, we don't have a face of the organization. Maybe Josh Harrison. Maybe uh, that's my best guess. Seven and two is that's, probably the face right. of the okay. organization. And here's point. okay. So, I, so I was angry about the Andrew McCutcheon thing. Still mm-hmm. angry about the Andrew McCutcheon thing. I feel like it was a horrible decision. Tons of people are boycotting. People say I don't want to talk about it. John went into uh, a game a couple nights ago. There were people who were like shouting lewd things at him because he was going in and supporting the Nuttings. Oh, uh, is. This is like Philadelphia. You guys were were ragged on me about my Flyers jersey yesterday. I'm like, but this is home and for good reason. What's the problem here? Yeah. Okay. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. I've done mm-hmm. this in several different areas of my life in the last week. I feel like I'm growing. Like reading poetry. Uh, yeah. Exactly. It's National Poetry Month. I'm reading a poem every day. I have one today. I'm going to share with the oh, listening good. audience. It's a short one, but man, it's good. Anyway, I want to enjoy baseball. I want to give this team a chance. Okay. I'm angry about the McCutcheon thing. I think 
I, I'm a kind of okay with the coal trade, but I, I'm angry about the McCutcheon. But I'm not going to let it take over my life. I'm not going to let it ruin my attitude towards baseball, which is a game I love. I'm not going to let it keep me away from PNC Park. And I'm not going to let it prejudice me against a group of guys who's really trying hard. It looks like they're having a lot of fun. I, now, you have been a Pirates pan, fan your whole life. No. No? No, I came I came you late. You came to baseball late. I came late to right. this party, uh 2010. Okay, I've been a I've been a baseball fan. My baseball is life Field of Dreams. I mean, you watch Field of Dreams and Oh, and you're in it. And I'm in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, baseball, Ray, baseball. We <laughs> I never saw it. Okay. Oh my goodness. I know. It's it's um, I I am embarrassed to admit that. Yeah. You I want to be. be different. Now there is something extraordinary and has been my entire life. Didn't matter whether it was whether the Phillies were 62 and 100 or whatever of walking through the gate and through the tunnel and seeing that green in front mm. of you. And mm-hmm. so I just can't believe um, to me it, it's secondary who's wearing the uniform when I walk through that tunnel and see the home colors. And really, I've been in probably 15 different stadiums. There's something about seeing the home colors and the green grass. So it's the bigger world. It's the bigger world. Yeah. Okay. The, the layout of the scoreboard, the yes. line score, the, the out-of-town scoreboard, um, the dimensions of the field, the foul poles that are just flying into the sky. And, and to you know, when they announce, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you're Pittsburgh Pirates, and you see these guys, these grown men, hop up the stairs and run out to, and you and feel this good whole about the world ceremony yes. about it. And so, yeah, it is hard as a fan to watch your team um, expect to not do well mm-hmm. and to see your favorite t- players. That my first heartbreak as a baseball fan was when Mike Schmidt retired. And it was in 89. Mm. And he announced Memorial Day weekend that he was retiring. Because At the he, end of the season? No, no, no. It was Memorial Day weekend. He was going to retire that weekend? Yes. He was done because he just couldn't, he couldn't perform at the level he wanted to anymore. And being crushed that I will never see him play again. And so, you know, but... You at know, least your next, team didn't trade him. At least the team didn't trade him. But you know what happened the next day? You know how many players ran out on that field? The, the same number jersey? of players nine that ran guys. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so as long as there are 25 guys in the dugout and nine men running out on that field, it's still baseball. Oh, see, we didn't even talk about this beforehand, but boy, Here we are. we're on the same page, yeah. Dave Moore. This is I like go, it. The nine guys in Pirates uniforms are going to run out in that field for 162 games. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm very disappointed at how our local ownership has treated the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm disappointed. I'm not going to say anything more about it because they're not my team. Um, they are my team. I know. And I have said my thing. But, and it would be a lot more fun if it felt like we were building towards something here that we could communally buy into. But I still uh, will, when I go home tonight, I will drive through the tunnel and I will look over at that field. That's right. Like I do every single time. And you're going to feel good about it, right? Because you're going to think. That's a baseball field. That's right. Yeah. And it's baseball season. And I live in a city where there's a baseball team. Isn't that great? I've never lived in a city. I mean, I lived in Harrisburg, which had a double A team. But I've I've never lived within two hours of a major league stadium. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and here that I could drive by a major league stadium every single day. That's and enough if for me. you, and if you wanted to, for 10 bucks, you could get in the door. 
I wish it was ten bucks at this point. You could get in the door for ten. Really? Bucks. Can you I? could get in the door for okay, ten bucks. Good. I have to find out. You can. How you can get I... in the door. I have several times on my own when my family's been away. I have gone in there by myself, paid ten bucks, and because I went looking for tickets this year, and they've gone up. So anyways, I bet I, I bet you can still get in for ten bucks. I bet you we could we could have gotten in Sunday for about fifty cents. <laughs> <laughs> That's because it was 16 I degrees. I gave thought and to blowing. doing that, just saying, hey, kids, let's go down to a ball game and scalp some tickets and see if we can get in for 10 bucks." I bet you would have said uh, yes, 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 except mm-hmm. that you had self-respect and you were already freezing inside. I, w- I your was. Room. All right. Coming up in just a little bit, syndicated radio host David Wheaton. We're going to talk about why America is so different. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's next on Today's Ride Home. WORD. With James McDonald and Walk in the Word. Ask a few people what they think of the Bible and you'll get a handful of different answers. Some say it's a collection of fanciful stories. Others say it's the direct message from God. This week on Walk in the Word, James McDonald sifts through the common misconceptions and helps us get a better understanding of God's book. Tune in every day this week for an eye-opening investigation on Walk in the Word. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on 101.5 WORD. Do you have money in the stock market? Are you watching it bounce all over the place? While you're focused on the short-term movement, you might actually be missing what time it really is. We are late in the business cycle, interest rates are flying higher, and overvalued stocks and bonds are going to come down. It's time for a new strategy, gold. My name's Adam Barada. I'm the founder of goldisabetterway.com. And I'm so certain gold is going higher in price and going to outperform stocks and bonds. I've created the world's first gold retirement protection platform ever built. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you free access. Once you see this, you'll have no choice but to agree. And all you need to do is call for your special code. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. On a recorded line, you'll get a special code. You can join the site for free. No salespeople, no rigmarole. Just call 800-900-8000. Get your code. Get it now. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way.com. The 4 for 4 from Wendy's has a lot of fans because it's a deal that gives you a sandwich plus four nuggets, a small fry, and drink, all for just $4. But now the 4 for 4 has more variety than ever with eight sandwich choices. I'm loyal to the double stack. I'm Junior Bacon Cheeseburger through and through. I pledge myself to the crispy chicken sandwich. I'm loyal to my hunger. Whether you're loyal to one sandwich or all eight, the Wendy's 4 for 4 has a sandwich for you. So try them all and pick your favorite. Now that's deliciously different. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Offer not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. I'm Robin Trzinski from the Original Mattress Factory. If you're considering paying retail price for a new mattress, this is your wake-up call. Why is there suddenly a mattress store on every corner? Well, just Google mattress markups. Original Mattress is a private label mattress brand sold directly to the public. We own the factory and the store. Why? Let's just say excessive markups don't fit our values. Just say no to the middleman. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Now with free shipping. Like today, get away twice as long for half the price. At Laurelville Christian Retreat Center, enjoy a two-night stay in their single-family cabin in a safe and scenic woodland environment. Just 45 minutes from Pittsburgh, a $250 value. Yours for just $125. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. 
shared a, I shared my love of uh, watching the Masters over last weekend. Oh my gosh, I love the Masters. I have friends who are perpetually embarrassed that I watch golf. Why? Because they say, you know, it's like the dullest sport on earth. They need to get, oh yeah, they probably binge watch all sorts of TV shows. Uh, but They're missing the point, right? But are missing the point of They're golf. They're not even yeah. entering into what it is. Yeah. You know, golf, similarly, I have found uh, the enjoyment in Westerns. Western movies? Western movies, Western TV shows. Yeah. Really? And this is through my father-in-law. It's about the scope and the scenery. Oh, it is. That's a good point. I mean, yeah. I haven't. I'm not into westerns. I mean, the stories are okay, but I. You think I, mean, I might like? Yeah, them? being up at their house and TV being on all the time. There's westerns on all the time, and I'm sitting there taking them in. And I'm like, you know, this is really peaceful. Okay. I'm just watching Our- men ride horses over mesas. <laughs> it's good. It's <laughs> like watching golf. And, and similar to golf, it does yeah. sound really dull. Yeah. It sounds super dull. Okay, so but there's something I also love about golf, which is this ethic Mm. of respect of manners and i know it's a frou-frou sport Mm -hmm. and i know it's like a lot of rich white guy i get the whole social commentary on it but there's something i still like about the fact that any of those people could shout out something obnoxious Mm -hmm. and 99 percent of the time they don't yeah I mean, and how often are you at a sporting event where you are like 30 inches from the star of the game, Mm -hmm. 30 inches, and you're not trying to like grab him or you're not trying to get his autograph or you're not trying to do something obnoxious. You're there to just observe what's happening. Yeah. Similarly, when uh, I told you I was at the U.S. Open um, for for day one a few years ago and we were just behind a tee box and up rocks these three guys and one of the caddies is wearing Westwood on the back. That's Lee Westwood. Right. Lee Westwood. And I'm like 20 feet from him. And he's about to tee off. This is just See, a that's guy cool, playing around isn't the golf. It? It th- is of course really it is. Cool. And there's something yeah. I love. Them. Okay. Yeah. Similarly, when I was in high school, early college, uh, and even when I was a kid growing up, I mean, tennis was the same thing visually. Mm-hmm. Is You had this. And I know you're not as close to a, to a professional tennis player. But there's a sense of respect toward the game. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of manner. And I know you're going to tell me again. I know it's a frou-frou sport. No, I know I it's a bunch of rich. But I, there's something that I'm attracted to about the respect around the game. Yes. And it's as though the players are playing on top of the fans. Like the fans are communally lifting up a stage for the players to play on. Right. And and don't you feel at the NFL, and I'm a big, I've always loved football, but I'm mm-hmm. starting to, to like it less because it feels more like a bunch of obnoxious people ready to throw things at the guys on the field. Mm-hmm. Not that it's always happening, but it's about to happen. That's the feeling I get at, at, at any, any NFL game I've I I've only to. ever been to one NFL game. Did you feel that way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was an experience. Now, um Complete opposite experience at Penn State games. Like Penn State games. Have you ever been to a Penn State game? Well, I went to Pitt. Why would I go to a Penn State well, game? I don't know. I mean, come on. Don't I have respect? You live in Pennsylvania. I think... Do you know you live in Pennsylvania? <laughs> I, I know, know Pittsburghers but I don't care about that have trouble with this, but, but college football <laughs> games are a completely different experience. They are a different experience. No, I agree with that. Yeah. And so football is football. I would enjoy going. I enjoy going to high school football games. Um but that one NFL game, and it was in Philly, I understand. But I worked concessions at Heinz Field, and the people there were the same. Like, why would I want to spend a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred dollars to go sit to in sit this? in that in that atmosphere? Yeah, I can't take my kids. I don't even want to take myself. Right. 
So does that tell us anything about what America has become, what our manners have turned into, what our outlook is like, what we look for in entertainment? Uh, I don't know. Boxing matches in the 1800s were similar affairs. Um, you know, sporting events, that they, um, you read about early World Series. Well, the World Series that was played oh, between yeah, right, Pittsburgh course. and Boston right. in 1903. The, the fans were horrid. They, they, and they you, weren't, you weren't there for that? I was not, mm-hmm. no, but I've seen it on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> David Wheaton is our guest. He's an author, a radio host, and one of the professional tennis players I watched when I was in junior high and high school. He's the host of The Christian Worldview, a weekly nationally syndicated radio program that airs on a 150 stations. He's also a contributing columnist for the Minneapolis Star Tribune. David, my friend, welcome back. How are you? Hey, good afternoon to both of you. That, that was I was just sitting back enjoying that segue uh, into this segment going from golf to tennis to worldview to the downfall of America. Wow, that was incredible I'm, to listen I'm to. I'm telling you, David, I mean, <laughs> I know that you were one of the actors in the drama, but as someone, you know, I'm the ultimate spectator. I wonder if if what we've seen, because you look at how many people watch tennis when you were playing professionally. Now the spectators are a fraction number-wise of what they were then. Well, in America, at least, uh, you know, the is it different is doing, in Europe? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, with with Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal and Andy Murray and Novak Djokovic all being from Europe, um, you know, the the game is just huge there. It's huge in the Far East, in South America, uh, other parts of the world, and, and actually, it's doing quite well in America. It's just that we don't have players, at least in the men's side, aside from Serena Williams. Yeah. On the men's side, that haven't that have been, let's say, in the top four or five in the world. Now we have some really good players who are in the top ten, top fifteen, top twenty, but the guys who tend to get all the attention are the ones who are in the top three or four who are winning the major titles. So I think actually tennis is doing quite well. There's a lot of competition in this country. It's definitely not a foo-foo sport. As I heard someone saying <laughs> most, most players nasty. don't even make it into their early thirties before they have to stop playing. I mean, maybe a little later now with modern trading methods, but. It's a really physically and, and mentally demanding game. It's all over the world. I, I know a lot of golfers listening will probably disagree with this, but I think tennis is a lot more difficult than golf. I mean, just purely from even a physical standpoint, it's so much harder. Okay, listen. Now, first off, David, I'm going to interrupt you and clarify something. By fruit for <laughs> sport, I didn't mean it was easy. I meant the fact that when people talk about the people that like the sport, it kind of gives off a frou-frou vibe. So the people that watch golf are like upper crust people, people who have, you know, a yearly income over a certain amount. It's the same kind of thing with tennis. Yeah. So it's not that I it's not that I was in any way, my friend, implying that it's an oh, easy sport. I'm really no, glad but, you forced her to explain that because listen. I was having trouble no, wait a minute. here. Now wait, I'm starting to get ganged up on by all these mm-hmm. people here. And let me say another thing. I was just reading an interview over the weekend during the mass um, one of the guys saying that that as a whole, professional golfers wish they were professional tennis players. You know what's very interesting about that? What? Is that so many professional tennis players wish they were golfers. See, what? That's um, interesting. At, at these tournaments, at the tennis tournaments, when I, when I was playing, I played from 1988 to 2001 for that range. You know, a lot of times, tennis tournaments are held near golf courses. And you know, when guys are finished with practicing tennis, Many of the players on tour would go over and play nine or eighteen holes of golf. And what's interesting, what why I say that tennis is harder than golf is that when you see a golfer try to play tennis, they're dying. Not very good at all. <laughs> Whereas when you see a tennis player play golf, there's some really good 
tennis players who can play golf, and not not to be on the tour per se, but they can shoot in the low 70s, which is which is pretty remarkable. So, um, yeah, but they're both great sports. You know, I grew up. My grandfather was was actually that's how our family got started. He learned tennis uh, a- after his business career, and uh, he took up the game and taught tennis and taught my older siblings, and then he became a golf professional after that and taught golf. So he was sort of this Renaissance right? man. Hmm. who introduced both both sports to our family. I played both as a boy. I'll tell you a little secret. In some ways, I wish I had played golf. Oh, really? Why is that? Well, I I just think that the physical side of tennis is so demanding on your Mm -hmm. joints, your back, your Mm -hmm. elbow. It's just, it's incredibly hard on the body. And uh, I think also there's such a, I remember going to a, a, a junior golf tournament once, and I just stood there in amazement, watching the parents and the players compliment each other. Oh, good shot, good shot. They're, they're not uh. really. There's not really this confrontational nature in golf as you have in tennis, where it's like one on one. Someone's going to win and someone's going to lose, and you're going to have to shake the hands of the person who defeated you, uh, and just like physically and mentally wore you down. And so there's such a. You know, I think tennis has a very combative, rugged, individualistic type. A necessity to be good in golf is you're basically just playing your own ball. You play against the course, and the lowest mm-hmm. score wins. And so that's why, in some ways, I mean, tennis really, I think God used it to build character. Though that really, that difficulty, that challenge of being like in a boxing ring all the time without the punching, uh, you're out there alone. There's no coaching. Uh, really develops some you know certain character qualities. But uh, either sport is great. But I kind of wish I had played golf in a way. It, yeah, I'm going to segue into what we actually called you about today. Oh yeah, and and um, say that it sounds like sounds very similar to the rest of life in that if we choose a path, we tend to look at other paths and say, "Boy, I wish I had I wish I had taken that mm-hmm. path." Mm-hmm. And nationally, for example, uh, it, at our founding, we were so excited to not have a monarchy. We wanted nothing to do with it. And now I feel that we are moving more and more toward, boy, I wish there was somebody to take care of us. Mm -hmm. We are so uncomfortable with democracy. Uh, And you trace that and um, other trends uh, that, I don't know if you'd call them neutral trends or you'd call them uh, deteriorations. Could you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, well, things are, are never stagnant. Things are always changing and evolving in life. And, and, and this topic about why the country has changed so much is a topic we did recently on our radio program. And we had a guest on the program saying that, you know, the U.S., and I think Christians in this country can really feel how much different this country is now from a value standpoint, from a morality standpoint, from simply just a belief in God standpoint uh, in this country. It's much, all the indicators suggest that this country is becoming much increasingly secular and much less biblically Christian. Um, even though 70% of the country you know, professes to be a quote-unquote Christian in the widest sense of the term, you know, I'll be, I'll be you know, buried in a church, um, you know, I think the, the percentage of people who take their faith seriously, who apply it to all areas of life, has really decreased. It's become increasingly secular. And the guests in our program actually kind of charted this over American history, saying that the the country in the 17th century started out as having a theistic worldview that, you know, more like a Christian would, that there's a God and he's involved in his creation and you can know him. Uh, And then in the 18th century, it began to shift towards deism, which is a slightly different worldview where the God exists, but he's not as quite as involved. He's a a distant God. And some of our founders and framers actually had that particular worldview of deism, 
But then in the 19th and 20th centuries is when things really change, is when you know, the Bible began to be attacked by German higher criticism, uh, obviously with Darwin and his books and you know, macroevolution and Big Bang theories. During that time, as those were developed and began to take over academia, uh, the lower educational system, uh, the science world, these were really strong attacks on this theistic founding that America had. And as naturalism and secularism became to, began to get more prominent, they really began to, it was like a, a battle of evangelism, so to speak, you know. They were winning out with, with compelling arg- arguments and injecting doubt into what people had believed uh, about things traditionally they believed with regards to, you know, God created us and, and you know, man has a sinful nature and Jesus Christ is the Redeemer and we're going toward an end of days and there's heaven and hell. Those kinds of traditional Christian beliefs have been very much pushed aside now. I think that's the real reason America's changed so much, because the worldview of the country has changed so much. And you're saying that this didn't begin in 1971. This began centuries ago. I would say it accelerated in, in the 60s and 70s. Uh, that is really when things took off and began to really uh, increase, go into fifth gear, so to speak, toward the, the worldview we see around us today. But yeah, you're right. The seeds, the roots of it, you know, we're, we're further back. Now, I don't think Christians who have a biblical worldview should be too shocked at this. You know, we, we understand the nature of man, that there's a tendency in all of our hearts to, to drift, to, to wander away from God and His Word. And that basically what, what it comes down to is that more and more people, increasingly number of people in our society, reject God and they reject what He, what he has revealed in His Word. And so, you know, that man's nature, you look at um, the, the nation of Israel when they were going through the Exodus, you know, here they had God parting the Red Sea in front of them, parting the Jordan River, you know, providing manna from heaven, doing miracles in front of them, you know, leading by, you know, fire by night and cloud by day. And yet even then, you know, with just such visible manifestations of God all around them and miracles taking place, the people's hearts would, would tend to wander away from God. I think that's in all of our hearts, and so that's one of the reasons that you know things tend toward disorder. Things don't tend mm-hmm. towards a stronger biblical mm-hmm. theology and, and biblical worldview. They they tend to get away from that. So that's one of the reasons why I think there has been a, a drifting away from those early founding values. But also, there's there's just Ephesians six talks about the the spiritual warfare we're in. There is a there's a real spiritual warfare that's embodied in the spiritual world, but also in, hu- in human forces as well, too, that may not even know they're being used, that just attack and undermine Christianity, attack the Bible, attack the Church. And these attacks, along with the fact that I think that preaching in churches has become less, less sound and less strong, you put those three things together, mm-hmm. I think that explains a lot of the reason why we are where we are today. David Wheaton is with us, author, radio host, former professional tennis player. David's the host of The Christian Worldview, a weekly nationally syndicated radio program that airs on 150 stations. He's also a contributing columnist for the Minneapolis Star Tribune. We're going to take a break with David, but he's going to stay with us. We'll be right back with more conversation about the changes in America on today's Ride Home. Hey, I'm Brant. Maybe you've heard me talking about MediShare, but now I give you my friend Sherry. Yes, I have loved MediShare. Loved it. 
Is that all you have to say? Because this will be a really short <laughs> No, I really do love it. I've saved hundreds a month. And overall, I just think it's a better choice of a health care program for me. I'm really happy with it. And honestly, normally, I don't even like talking about this stuff. Nobody does. But MediShare is different. MediShare members share each other's health care bills. We pray for each other. It's a not-for-profit, so we all save money. True. Tell me about the thing. What too, thing? The online thing. Oh, yeah. I used that the other night. MediShare members can now access a doctor online 24-7. You can get a prescription for the flu or something just that fast. So MediShare can save you hundreds a month. You get to be part of the community. You get a huge network of doctors and providers to choose from. It's all pretty awesome. It's all pretty awesome. It's all pretty awesome. The final verdict from Jerry. So call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Bible. Individual results may vary. Sophia went through a lot of tutoring and got minimal results. For her ADHD, she was almost off the charts. None of the typical therapies met her needs. We felt like we were constantly playing catch-up. There was great guilt, like I had done something wrong. I hadn't taught my child what she needed to learn. She wasn't functioning in society. I knew, I knew this was going to be the solution. Brain balance is the answer for your kid because it didn't just mask the problems, it actually addressed the issue. That little girl that wants to do well, that wants to please, that wants to make the right choices, is actually able to make the right choices and to please now. This is not my kid anymore. This is this totally different kid. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. It has completely completely changed our lives. Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012. I'm Robin Trzynski from the Original Mattress Factory. If you're considering paying retail price for a new mattress, this is your wake-up call. Why is there suddenly a mattress store on every corner? Well, just Google mattress markups. Original Mattress is a private label mattress brand sold directly to the public. We own the factory and the store. Why? Let's just say excessive markups don't fit our values. Just say no to the middleman. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Sky staying generally cloudy tonight. It will be cold, a low of 31 degrees. But with winds out of the southwest tomorrow, it will turn milder in the afternoon with a blend of clouds and sun and a high of 53. Cloudy with a bit of rain toward dawn tomorrow night, a low of just 45. We'll dry out Thursday with clouds breaking for some sunshine. It'll turn quite windy, but noticeably warmer. An afternoon high up to 68 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM. Oh, things looking good in the land of the pirates. 8-2 over the Cubbies. Good God. Feels good, doesn't it? Good for them. Yeah. Cervelli just hit a beautiful home run. We love it. We're not just talking baseball, though. The Cubs have had their championship once in... They they got theirs for the century, right? And their payrolls like you know two hundred and ten million dollars for yeah. crying out loud. 
like yeah. Crimea River. Anyway, we're not just talking baseball. We're talking uh, tennis, and we're also talking about what's going on in America with David Wheaton. David's an author, a radio host, former professional tennis player. During his 13 years on the professional tennis tour from 88 to 2001, David reached the semifinals or better in singles or doubles of every Grand Slam tournament, including the semifinals of singles at Wimbledon, and attained a career-high singles world ranking of number 12. All right, David, your favorite uh, opponents when you were on the pro tennis tour? <laughs> Well, I enjoyed playing against guys like Andre Agassi, Michael Chang, Jim Courier. They were really good uh, counter-punching players. I was more of an attacking player. Uh, so even though those guys were exceptionally good, I occasionally got a few wins in here and there. If I kind of played my game, I felt like I could control the outcome of the match. The guys that gave me more difficulty were guys like Pete Sampras. I don't know if you remember a guy named by the name of Goran Ivan. Oh, sure, a big lefty right. server from Croatia yeah. from Wimbledon. Um, those guys, or, or even Boris Becker, those guys were tougher because they kind of played like I did. They played a little bigger than I did, and uh, it was really hard to, with them, with their big serves and the way they played was, was difficult. But it, overall, though, it was just, an, I mentioned earlier that I wish I had played golf. I say it a bit tongue-in-cheek because you know, playing tennis was God's plan for my life at that particular time, mm-hmm. and he used it in my life uh, not only to develop character qualities, but also, he really brought me to himself. And in my early years in the tennis tour, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, and I was the youngest of four kids. I made a profession of faith at a young age. But as I got into my, my teenage years, my early 20s, and went on the tour, I went to Stanford, so I was doing very well in tennis. But I was going the wrong way in life. I was living for myself. I was getting involved in lots of the wrong kinds of things. And... I was very conflicted, even though I was successful. You mentioned some of those successes on the tennis tour and coming back from the, the break there, that, yes, I was successful, but I was inwardly very conflicted. And it was during that time in my early 20s that I began for the first time in my life to, to read the Bible. Hmm. And I, as I read the Bible, I began to understand some things that I never really had paid attention to. I'm sure I had heard before, but I understood that God created me to know him personally. He wasn't just some lawmaker and just kind of like trying to throw, you know, damp cloth in the way I wanted to live my life, that he wanted to have a personal relationship with me. I understood my own sinfulness and the consequences for that sin. And then I really understood the, the gospel for the first time, that, that God had sent his son, Jesus, to come and pay the penalty that I deserved to pay for my own sin. And when I understood who God was and who I was as a sinner and that Christ was the only way to be saved, when I committed to trust and follow him when I was 24, that was right in the middle of my tennis career. And that really not only was tennis changing for me, but it was completely eternity changing for me. My life started to go in a whole new direction. So I'm really thankful that God used tennis not only for character development, because that's what sports is so great at, but also he used, me really, used it to really bring me to himself. David, what about the transition from uh, being a professional athlete to just living a life. I mean, you stop playing, what do you do? Yeah, that's a really difficult transition. I, I was actually fortunate, Kathy, that as I came off the tour at the end of 2001, and you know, here I, I enter 2002, and it's like, well, what do I do now? And I, I didn't want to go back on the tour and be a coach and be away from home you know, nine months a year. I really wanted to be home in, in Minnesota and begin to, a career that way. And literally, God's providence uh, was just amazing. I mean, I, 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 my, my mother actually, I was single at the time. My mother suggested to me, David, have you ever thought about getting involved in Christian radio? And I had never, the thought had never crossed my mind. But why my mother said that, it was because how powerful and impactful Christian radio had been in our family. 
my grandmother was the first one saved in our family back in 1955 when she heard the gospel preached on, on a radio station. How about that? And then, my, and then my mother was saved the same way. And so growing up in our home, Christian radio, whether teaching or music, was constantly on in the background. And so I think my mom saw that how influential that had been in our family, and that might be something good for me to get involved in. So literally six months after, six weeks after her telling me that, I had someone call me and say, and do an interview, you know, about my tennis background as a Christian sports show, and say to me after the interview, you know, David, I'm thinking of getting out of Christian radio and into a new career. How would you like to take over my radio program? Wow. I mean, it's just like, you know, you can't make this stuff up. And so, so your that interview was, was your interview. Right, right. And so I started doing a Christian radio sports show back in the early 2000s, and it kind of transitioned to what I do today, hosting the Christian Worldview radio program. How about that? All right, David, and you and your wife have a little boy? We do. We have a little guy who is a son who is nearly five, and uh, you know, that's, it's just, I'm so thankful. We got married a little bit late in life. I was 40, and my wife was 36, but we've known each other since we were eight and five. Wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time to get into the story uh, during the interview today, but there's a long story there, and I was gone, of course, much of my life until in my early 30s and when I was home more. And so, anyway, we got married late. I'm so thankful we had the opportunity to, that God gave us a child because being a parent has been something that has just been I think God's used it in so many sanctifying ways that I really needed in my own life. Mm-hmm. When you have a child, for any parents out there, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, David, you know, it's been too long since we've talked. So we need to, you know, fix that and have you join us more regularly. A best of luck with the program, the Christian Worldview, all the stuff you're doing in Minneapolis with being a husband and a dad. And um, thanks for joining us today again. Well, it was good to be with both of you. You guys have a good afternoon. Thanks, David. Mm-hmm. That's David Wheaton. All the information about David, you can find it on our website, johnandkathyshow.com. Of course, you can find us on social media, John and Kathy Show on Facebook. Actually, it's the Ride Home with John and Kathy on Facebook or on Twitter. Much more coming ahead on today's Ride Home. Yeah, traffic. It is what it is. Missed concerts, football games, lots of cold dinners, and cold shoulders from Cindy. How much longer do I have to do this? Kids miss me. Cindy misses me. Our marriage is missing me. With a financial strategy from Kurt Knodek. There he was on the radio again. Kurt Knodek. Yeah, retire sooner. So I called Kurt. We just talked about life, family. It felt right. Then come to find out. Kurt's personalized retirement planning showed me retirement wasn't as far off as I thought. Now the only thing I'm missing is the traffic. Do you need a financial strategy for retirement? Let's talk. Accurate Solutions Group, 412-515-3355. That's 412-515-3355. Investment advisory services offered through Accurate Solutions Group, Inc. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. 
Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. Give those old, saggy, leaky gutters a good spring cleaning the easy way by saying goodbye to them for good. Protect your home from water damage and stay off the ladder with LeafGuard, the only patented one-piece seamless covered gutter system. No more leaves and debris. LeafGuard attaches directly to the fascia with patented internal brackets using screws, not nails, so it's not coming down even in rough weather. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTER and get LeafGuard now and take advantage of great savings like 75% off labor and installation. That's 855, the number four, new gutters. Call now and you'll even get a free $100 restaurant.com gift card along with your in-home estimate. Call 855, the number four, new gutters and get LeafGuard today. 855, the number four, new gutters. All offers subject to terms and restrictions. See anglergutter.com slash current offers. Subject to change without notice. LeafGuard PA license PA126357. So we're going to talk in a little bit in our second hour about movies, TV. Um, so I thought it'd be probably an important time to ask about books. Yeah. Because it's easy in our current world of iPad and phone and Netflix and whatever to just watch stuff and not read. Um, so I want to ask Dave Moore, who's sitting in for John Hall today, what are you reading? What am I reading? Anything uh, good? And, and, oh, or, or if it's bad, I, oh, still want, I still want to know if it's bad. Everything great. All right. Well, everything great. <laughs> great. That can't be All right. The, the two, two that I just finished, one I finished – well, okay, does the books I listen to in the car, does that count? Yeah. Okay, all right. So I just finished Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy again for like the fifth time. Oh my time. gosh. It's such a giggle. Okay. Um, <laughs> I And I just finished reading The Greater Journey by David McCullough. Or, oh, is that the, that's his newest one? That's the collection of all of his speeches? No, no, no. no. That is one uh, about Americans, the Americans who journeyed to Paris in the 19th century. I don't know that book. I, I didn't know anything about this. We found it at some used book sale and um it you know my wife said oh david mccullough D- dave likes that so i got a david mccullough book um it was there were thousands of americans who journeyed to paris between 1820 and 1900 and brought um brought with them a new world sensibility but no um no connection to the arts and the sciences. Wait, so Americans were going to Paris. Americans going why? to Paris. What was? Why were they going to Paris? Uh, some because it was Paris. Oh, because because who was, wouldn't want to go to who Paris? Who wouldn't want to go to Paris? If you asked me, Kath, right. would you like to go to Paris? The it answer was, would be yes. It was in the 19th century the cultural capital of the world. Okay, got it. It was the scientific capital of the world. And so there were um, – And it was the croissant capital. It was the, the croissant <laughs> capital of the world, yes. Uh, and Putin probably. Um <laughs> Yeah, and not oh, the leader of Russia. Not the leader of Russia. No, the stuff with gravy the fries with curds. the cheese curds. Um, but people went to study art. People went to study medicine, and uh, and then brought back uh, all of their learning. And you can you can trace um, the medical advances in the United States uh, from the end of the nineteenth century uh, to people who spent time in Paris in the earlier mm-hmm. part of the century. And um, and because there was this deep national connection between the two countries, uh, it the, the United States felt a a sense of um, brotherly love, camaraderie with France, who supported us in the revolution, and 
um, France likewise felt camaraderie um, because we were the first to revolt. And then they revolted, although their revolution was much different. We no handled, kidding. We handled their revolution much differently. Um, but there was, there was a sense of kinship between the two countries that existed then that we, we don't understand now. But uh, it was fascinating to me to read that, read the human stories. But really, I knew very little of, of that era of history in uh, in Central and Western Europe. Mm-hmm. And so and what's the name of the book? There. It's called The Greater Journey. By David McCullough. Okay, on a scale so, of one to five, how many stars are you giving it? Um, it was it was on as a general book, it was a seven. Okay, as a David McCullough. Well, I, I mean, it's a five star. So, what are you giving yeah, it a seven for? David McCullough, it was a five because oh, oh so it was a five. So, well, on there, a scale of one to five, it was no, 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 no. no, no I'm thinking ten. Ten. I'm sorry. No, no. Yeah, I'll yeah. give me so one to five. Three out of five. Okay, I'll give you three out of five. All right. Now, I if you're going to start on David McCullough, go Wright Brothers, oh. 1776, Truman. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, read all this. Oh, okay. what, what about John Adams? Uh, oh, yeah, John Adams. I'm sorry, completely missed oh, John Adams. Oh, gosh, yes. I love John Adams. Yes. Uh, and I am reading The Challenger Launch Decision by Diane Vaughn. Ooh. It came out in the late 90s. It is Because you're a space geek. I am a space geek. You love that geek. stuff. Yes, yes. And I'm an organizational and decision systems geek. Oh, my gosh. So this is like so, your dream yes. come true. It's like yes. bringing all of your worlds together. Yes, because, you know, for most of our lives, you remember this probably – you probably vividly remember where you were when you found out the Challenger exploded. I do. I remember exactly where I was. Okay. Where was it? I was in photography class okay. sitting next to Joanne Muller. Mm. Mr. Brown was our teacher. Wow. And they came over the PA and told us what Now, happened. interestingly, where were you when you learned that the Columbia exploded or the Columbia disintegrated? I have no idea. You know, you know that the space shuttle Columbia yes. disintegrated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was, that was 2003. Um, I have no idea. 2002, where... 2000, so why yes, is 2003, one... the same number of people died. The same thing happened. And yet one happened in 1986 before anything bad had happened with the space program. I mean, except for Apollo 1. But but we're kind of riding a high in the space program. The other one happened post 9-11. It happened in the 20th year of 23rd year of the shuttle program. It happened after Challenger. Uh, it was... Yeah, it, it was very interesting. Now, I mm. remember where I was, but I did not sit with rapt attention um, watching the news for days on end after the Columbia As with tragedy, the Challenger. As with the Challenger. But anyways, the decision to launch the Challenger, um, you know, the Presidential Commission came out and, and stated why – they believed um, NASA had made an error. Uh, NASA uh, engineers and management had made an error. Diane Vaughn goes much deeper and much older into NASA systems and decision-making systems and how deviance from the norm became, uh, when it was accepted as an acceptable risk and NASA got away with it in specific launches, how that deviant position then became the norm. Mm-hmm. And it's very fascinating. It's like the slow boil. And you can you can um, relate that as a metaphor to organizational um, decision-making. You can relate it to uh, national governance. You can relate it to ethics. You, can, you know, once you get used to a certain level of deviance, then, uh, then you judge – other deviance is based on that new norm. Mm-hmm. And again, fascinating that we're going to be talking about films and, right, and TV, and TV in the next in hour. The next hour. Yeah. What have you been reading, Kathy? 
so I'm in the middle of a couple things, which is the way I normally am. Um, I've been reading uh, Paul, a biography by N.T. Wright. All right. That's what I'm most deeply into. Um, we did an interview, John and I, with N.T. Wright maybe two weeks ago. And one of the secrets of this uh, of this occupation is that oftentimes you aren't given a book in in enough time to read it and, before and you have to interview you the person. Hours. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to read most of the book before we interviewed Tom, but not uh, having read the whole book. But mm-hmm. I I en- I am enjoying it so much. I cannot express. Uh, it's my favorite book of the year really? so far. I just absolutely am eating it up. So does it go beyond the scriptures? Oh my gosh, what you know what he does that is that is profound. First of all, his intellect and his understanding of uh, first century history is profound. Mm-hmm. But what he does is he's able to put together the details that are in Paul's letters and put them in a chronology, hmm. so that you're able to it's able to be told as a story. Hmm. So you're able to see what happened in in Paul, um, not because of the people he met, because of the places he went, and because of the evolution in his thought and, and then understanding. It moves the epistles out of an abstraction and puts oh, them yeah. in the time and place. It is so great, and also uh, him setting up uh, what first century Judaism looked like, um, sketching the character of the Apostle Paul. Do you know if you put Paul's writings together, they're about eighty pages. Okay. That's it. Yeah, that's it. He said. It, he dwarfs any other ancient writer for the amount of attention that's been given to his work, mm-hmm. the amount of discussion, the amount of debate, uh, anger even, that's been given to his work over just 80 pages. Hmm. I mean, it's really amazing. So he does a great job of sketching the intellectual scope of what he understood about the story of God. And so when he finally, on the road to Damascus, um, experiences something that that Tom does not call a conversion, he specifically does not call that a conversion. He calls it, he wasn't converted from being a Jew to being a Christian. What happened on the road to Damascus is that he understood. His understanding. He understood the story for the first time. He he got the missing piece of the story he already knew. Interesting that it occurs after. Uh, after Acts 8 with the Ethiopian eunuch. I'm reading, but I don't understand. Mm, mm-hmm. And there, that's a metaphor for what's going to happen to Paul in right. the next chapter. Right. I'm telling you, it is tremendous. It will. And his description of what the road to Damascus experience might have been like for Paul is glorious. Mm. It's just tremendous. I, I just love this book. So, um, and you can talk about, you know, debating the new perspectives of Paul. Um, don't let that put you off from reading this book. If you're concerned about N.T. Wright's new perspectives, um, the, there is so I, much more to this book than that. It sounds like something I'd want to pick up. It's it's absolutely fabulous. So I love that. I'm also reading um, – I think I'm done with it. I think I'm done. Stella Gibbons uh, wrote a book called Cold Comfort Farm in the okay. 1920s maybe. And it's a satire of English literature, and it's super clever and really wonderful. And I'm about three quarters of the way through it, and I don't, I don't really feel the need to finish it. You've had enough fun. I think I have. Because I mean, you I know like, there's not an end to the story. No, I just, I think, you know, I know the end, and I, and I really appreciate what she's doing. And I think, I think maybe Stella and I have just, you know, our friendship's at its apex. Yeah. 
think I might have to stop. Anyway, much more coming ahead on today's ride home. A couple more minutes before we close out this hour, and then the 5 o'clock hour, we're talking movies and TV. Attention credit card holders. The secret that credit card companies don't want you to know is getting out. Thousands of people across the country are now settling their debts for a fraction of what they owe, thanks to National Debt Relief. The secret is that if you're struggling with or simply can't afford your monthly credit card payments, you now have the legal means to resolve your debt with your lenders, substantially reducing what you owe into one low monthly payment. You don't have to worry about bankruptcy or falling deeper into debt. You can now save thousands of dollars even tens of thousands, and be debt-free faster than you ever thought possible. There are no upfront fees, and satisfaction is guaranteed. If you're struggling with at least $10,000 in credit card debt, medical bills, private student loans, or personal loans, call National Debt Relief now for a free quote on how much of your debt can be reduced. Get this free, life-changing information now by dialing 800-506-2760. 800-506-2760. That's 800-506-2760. Want to be free from toxic relationships? Your cry has been heard. Bethany Baptist Church presents Toxic Relationships, April 14th from 8.30 to 3.30, a one-day conference designed to help you practically use the Bible to be delivered from the distress of critical issues affecting you and the people you love. Identify and recover from abusive relationships, recognize codependency, and learn how to break free. All are welcome. Registration includes lunch. Sign up now at 412-246-4463 or visit bethanybaptist-pgh.org. If you're a mom or dad of a child who struggles, you've searched high and low trying everything you can. From tutors to counselors, specialists to pills, you've tried them all with little success. You need to know there is a program that has helped tens of thousands of kids just like yours. Brain Balance Achievement Centers can make a real difference for your child. Brain Balance is a drug-free solution that deals with the root cause of issues like ADHD, dyslexia, audio processing, and behavioral challenges. Our combination of sensory motor exercises, academic skill building, and a clean eating plan doesn't just mask the issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child has trouble making friends, is disruptive in school, or is frustrated to the point of tantrums, now is the time to call Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Learn more at brainbalance.com or call 724-390-9012 today. Salem Media Group of Pittsburgh, parent company of this station, is looking for a full-time traffic assistant receptionist to work 30 hours a week, 11 to 5, Monday through Friday. Previous radio experience with order entry as a board operator or working with logs is a must, along with a knowledge of radio terminology and traffic procedures. Assist with order entry, log prep and reconciliation and invoicing, plus front-end reception and other administrative duties. Apply now at wordfm.com slash jobs. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. It's National Poetry Month, people. Yay. I confessed uh, last week that I don't like poetry, that I find it tiresome, and I have a hard time you know, actually sitting down to read it. Um, but uh, John thought that he said called that a deficiency in my training, quote unquote, uh, brought uh, two major professors of English literature across the country to come on and guilt me over it. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm committed to reading one poem every single day for you the month of this, April. Kathy. Thank you. We'll I support you. I have to say, I've kind of enjoyed it. Mike. May I have my music, please? <laughs> like sends through an hourglass. Today's poem is this. It's by Charles Hanson Town. It's called God's Witness. 
My daughter sent this to me. Hold on. I have to close my eyes. Okay, go. I need not shout my faith. Thrice eloquent are quiet trees in the green listening sod. Hushed are the stars whose power is never spent. The hills are mute, yet how they speak of God. It's nice. Isn't that nice? Hushed are the stars whose power is never spent. Mm -hmm. I like that. I do too. The hills are mute, yet how they speak of God. Yeah. I need not shout my faith. What was that thing about the clod of sod? (laughs) That was the green listening sod. Oh, the green listening sod. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, The quiet trees and green listening sod. Am I pulling you into my commitment to National Mm, Poetry Month? Wow. I'm not pulling you in yet, am I? We're not to... Mike, I'm pulling you in, right? Mike's all about it. Get it into my heart. I love it. You don't love it. No, I do. I've gained to to appreciate it now. After <laughs> the what third day Good. we've done I this, I feel I feel like I'm growing. Welcome okay? to Kathy's Linguistic Sabbath, everybody. <laughs> With SRN News, I'm Linda Kenyon on Capitol Hill, where Facebook Chairman and CEO Mark Zuckerberg is testifying before a joint hearing of two Senate committees about a data privacy scandal. The issue is intrusions by data mining firm Cambridge Analytica on behalf of candidate Donald Trump. When we first contacted Cambridge Analytica, they told us that they had deleted the data. About a month ago, we heard new reports that suggested that wasn't true. And now we're working with governments in the U.S., the U.K., and around the world to do a full audit of what they've done and to make sure they get rid of any data they may still have. In order to prevent this from ever happening again, Zuckerberg tells senators he's not opposed to some government regulations of all social media platforms as long as they're the right regulations. I'm Linda Kenyon on Capitol Hill. Now with more, here's Keith Peters in Washington. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 429 points. This is SRN News. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our red Springhouse vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. It's pretty typical to have moisture in your basement, especially in the Pittsburgh area. Energy Swing's Steve Rennekamp on a new way to build a better basement. In conventional basement finishing, people put up two-by-fours, put fiberglass insulation in it, and then put drywall on it and paint it. 
Every one of those things is organic. It will absorb moisture, and over time, they will start to deteriorate and grow mold. In our total basement systems, there's no organic materials used. There's nothing there that will absorb moisture, and without moisture being absorbed, there's no mold. This is a system that has been used throughout the country for 20 years, so it's got a lot of history, a lot of track record, and we feel very fortunate to be able to handle it in the Pittsburgh area. For most people, their basements are sort of empty space that they're not utilizing. This allows you to use that space productively, and it's a great-looking system when it's done. Right now, get 20% off your new finished basement with Energy Swing's Total Basement Finishing System. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. One company is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Sounds like a big number, doesn't it? Not to express employment professionals, seeking a skilled labor position, or administrative work. Maybe you're an executive looking for a career that fits. We take pride in connecting the right people with the right company. Express Employment Professionals is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Let us help. We'll open doors for you. Visit ExpressPros.com slash Pittsburgh West. Concerned about the safety of your business, church, or school? The time to act is now. Join Word FM and Salem Media Group for a special safety and security conference Tuesday, April 17th from 8.30 to 2.30 at Hillside Christian Community Church in Carnegie. Hear industry experts on risk assessment, active shooter and crisis management, cybersecurity, liability, security plan development, and hear simple steps you can take now to be prepared. Lives depend on it. Space is limited. Keyword security at wordfm.com. Sky staying generally cloudy tonight. It will be cold, a low of 31 degrees. But with winds out of the southwest tomorrow, it will turn milder in the afternoon with a blend of clouds and sun and a high of 53. Cloudy with a bit of rain toward dawn tomorrow night, a low of just 45. We'll dry out Thursday with clouds breaking for some sunshine. It'll turn quite windy but noticeably warmer. An afternoon high up to 68 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy for Tuesday, April 10th. This hour, the major shift of Hollywood's creative talent from film to long-form TV. Our guest is Dr. Grant Horner. And lonely in America, in an era of hyper-individualism, should we rekindle the bonds of community? John Hall is still AWOL, so here are Kathy Emmons and Dave Moore. Sounds like an indictment when it's he funny. says it like that. We haven't found John in the last hour. Can you believe? After all the people we have out there looking for him. Yeah, but he's on Pacific time, isn't he? He is on Pacific time. Which means he didn't have to scrape his car this morning. You know what was sad? is uh, He was traveling yesterday. I think he had to be at the airport at 5.30. And uh, he texted me at uh, maybe 10.45 and he was in Denver. He's making mm-hmm. his way to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And I said, great. Last night at 9.30... He said, I'm still traveling. So he that was like from Denver that was like that sixteen hours. Oh he left gosh. his house and he still wasn't where he was going. Well and the and the, yeah, he left at five thirty in the morning Eastern time mm-hmm. and landed Pacific time. Right. Wow. And he was still going. 
He was still going. So God Poor bless guy. him. John Hall taking a few days off. Dave Moore, uh, the executive director of the Pittsburgh Urban Christian School. Welcome to the program, Dave. Thanks, Kathy. Let me ask you this. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook co-founder and CEO, testified before the Senate Judiciary and Senate Commerce Committees today to discuss all the problems that Facebook is having, especially their policy on user privacy amid the Cambridge Analytica scandal. All right. So here's my question. First of all, are you following this story a lot, kind of, not at all? I'm following the story middling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, I'm following it much more than I actually follow Facebook itself. Because <laughs> you're not on Facebook. Not at all. No. And why are you not on Facebook? Are you? Is it concerns about privacy? Uh, yeah, I was very concerned about No, because I had I have no time for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't care. We, we had we had a Facebook years ago and. Um, you know, following old friends from across the country. Oh, that's depressing. Oh, they're divorced. Oh, that's. Oh, now I see the the husband's Facebook and the w- wife's Facebook, and now they have. Oh, now look, there's another man in the picture there, and there's another woman in the picture. And no, I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I I truly. I mean, you're looking. I mean, talk away. about talk about glass half empty. Yeah, I mean, there really. are people that post cute photos of their puppies and their new babies and things. Good for them. You know what? If I want to see your puppy, I'll come see your puppy. Um, we have a puppy at home. I know mm-hmm. what he looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't. We don't take the time not to post Facebook. our kids' pictures. Do you tweet? We don't. What? What? Do you tweet at the birds? Yes. Do you Instagram? No. Nothing. Nothing. Are you going to send me a Snapchat? Huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so we're chatting now. What's the yeah, big so, deal? So you're useless. The whole social media thing has just passed you by. Truly. Or you've passed truly it by. Truly useless. Not only that, but I am furious that news has become, like half of news stories have become, um, how did social media respond to this particular news story? Like it used to be that you just had news stories. You didn't have news stories about the social media response to a news story. Well, that's a good point. Okay. I'll take that. And so what does it matter? What does it truly matter how people respond well, to something? I mean, not at all. <laughs> and really, what does social media reflect about how because, people really feel? Well, it it reflects how a certain element of the population feels, okay. which is probably it, it's instant data, is what it is. The element, the element that immediately posts for the entire world to hear whatever thought pops into their brain, right. Yeah, so of course you're, you you recognize that you're getting a certain type of person, probably. But we don't okay. recognize that, Kathy. No, okay. okay. Well, we okay. should recognize that. But okay. let me also say that you know things that used to be uh, uh, opinions that used to only be garnered by you know poll taking institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are in journalism, it's a lot easier to go on and find a Twitter statistic than it is to you know, pay deep for a, a or, big study. Or to skim 200 million Facebooks. <laughs> Which is exactly what Mark Zuckerberg is talking to the Senate Judiciary and Senate Commerce Committee about today. Okay, so here's my question for you, Dave. I guess I don't get why this is a huge story. I'm tr- and anyone who's on Facebook, and I am on Facebook, you recognize that you are giving up some of your privacy by being on Facebook. You understand that. Or you're, I mean, you're, you're mm. posting photos of your dog on there. So you recognize that this is not the most secure environment. So if you're really concerned about your online security, you're not going to be on Facebook. But be, when you first launched a Facebook, did that occur to you? 
I think so. I mean, look at what you're doing. You're just you're putting out information about yourself. Now, the reason that you're on Facebook is that you feel like it's worth it to you. That by putting out those things, you are garnering the relationships or the communication with people that you're interested in and the give and take. And so it's worth it to you to take the risk. Okay. So so the question you asked is, why is this such a big deal now? Well, I don't, I don't get why it's a – I mean, I feel like most people who are on Facebook know that that's what's happening, that you're giving up some of your privacy. And um, I'm not sure why – the Cambridge Analytica thing, and I've read about it. I, I mean, yeah, so it's a privacy violation. But I don't understand why it's risen to such a point where Mark Zuckerberg has to testify in front of Congress why about it. Why people are aghast, just aghast. Right. I mean, this is something – I mean, I read to you before we uh, before we went on air today uh, an article about Carol Davidson. Now, if you are on Twitter, I'm sure you are aware of this because this happened last month. But Carol Davidson worked for the Barack Obama campaign. And back in February uh, of 2018, this is just what, maybe maybe three weeks ago this happened, um, all the news was coming out about the alleged use of Facebook data. And so she tweeted, they came to office in the days following election recruiting and were very candid that they, Facebook, allowed us, the Barack Obama campaign, to do things they wouldn't have allowed someone else to do because they were on our side. Okay, this is a tweet she put out about mm-hmm. the fact that Facebook was already data mi- allowing data mining for people on their website. And that's how the Barack Obama campaign had reached so many people during that pivotal point in their campaign. And selectively doing so. Right. Knowing based on what you've posted and what you have reposted, what kinds of articles you'd reposted, how you were leaning politically. Well, then let's ask this question. Do people perceive social media as a as a neutral platform? Because no person or company is neutral. They all have perspectives. Is there this expectation that Facebook should just be values neutral? I think people expect that it is values neutral, even though if you asked me personally, I would recognize it isn't values neutral. I mean, if you if you read anything about Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg politically leans left. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not a secret. Everyone in Silicon Valley leans left. I mean, this is what that that that's a whole community of people right. that lean left, right. which is why. And this is this is only my opinion on the issue. And it's just a little intuition I have that the reason that Mark Zuckerberg is in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee talking about this is that Silicon Valley still cannot believe that the Trump campaign of all politicians' campaigns were the ones that used their platforms to elect such a man. Hmm. If Hillary Clinton would have I mean it, it it's proved here by this Carol, these Carol Davidson tweets that the Obama campaign used data mining in Facebook and nobody gave a care right but all of a sudden Silicon Valley is appalled that the products that they produced were used to elect a man like Trump and so therefore there has to have been something dirtier Some going on conspiracy. there has to be a deeper conspiracy because there's no possible way that our services should have been used like this so then the question but but why is it that Facebook is the only one facing this? Because you can't tell me that Facebook right. is the only. Okay, so why do you think Facebook's the only one? Uh, one, I, I don't think Zuckerberg comes off very well. 
as a, um, I think he's... You mean as a, as a speaker, as a as representative? As a speaker, as of, a representative of... I, I think that if Silicon Valley, look, if, if Apple and Google and um, if there was really this Silicon Valley cohort and they were all cohesively... Uh, in it for each other and for the you know for the greater good, whatever that means, um, then you would hear other CEOs, other companies coming out in Zuckerberg's defense. It feels well, like you don't hear anybody coming out in Zuckerberg's. Defense. No, it feels like everybody's taking one step back. Oh yeah, Zuck, you go go testify to Congress. Go why? So get so what? So he can be their sacrificial lamb I, to I'm appease the people. Curious about or? well, but think yes, but think about. If Congress goes after Facebook, they don't go after Google, they don't go after Apple. And mm-hmm. Google and Apple and other companies that we – that if if we believe that one company is not values neutral but acts in their own in, their own self-interest, then let's believe that every other company acts in their own self-interest. And if if Facebook is taken down, is that bad for Google? Is that bad for Apple? No, that's no, terrific. No, I don't think so. Right. So, you know – And Mr. it's certainly good for Twitter. Right, and it's certainly good for Twitter. So, you know, hey, we can do, you know, this way in three weeks, Google come out and say, look, we have taken to heart what we've witnessed. And we, you know, we're, we're ashamed to say that there were some anomalies with our systems as well. We've made those internal corrections so feds, you don't have to come after us. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one theory. And another theory is that we are aghast, just aghast about everything now. If it wasn't Facebook, it was going to be somebody else that has to come out and has to testify before Congress because Congress has to do something. Well, well that's true. And but Whether there's and, anything to be done and about. Also, and also, don't you feel like there's still this disbelief, especially in the Democratic part of America, that we could have elected this man? Let's, let's not forget 60 million or whatever number votes were counted in his favor. But they still there, can't believe it. They cannot – something that has to have been there miscounted. Has been there has to have been a conspiracy. I, I there has to be something going on. Russia had to have worked through Facebook and manipulated things so that they made people do it. I understand. And um, that Which, which has, means that they are still incapable of understanding their own complicity but, in electing a man like Trump. But, Kathy, I will say that has as much to do with our loneliness conversation as anything else. We are lonely in part – because we do not spend any time with people outside a very narrow silo. No, that's that's true. Or if we spend time with no, people you're right. at all. Right, or we're spending time on Facebook instead. We don't, right, we spend time on Facebook rather than – and when we're sitting on a bus, are we spending time with the person sitting beside us? No, we're talking no. to our friend from high school on Facebook. Right. Right, and only the friends from high school that we want who to agree talk to. with us. Right, yeah, I know you're right. Yeah, who right. we approve of. Right. And so um, – Yes, it's 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 probable that um, the establishment, the political establishment, could not believe that there were millions of people in this country who did not agree with them and mm-hmm. who would do anything they could to make some kind of change happen because they never talked to those people. But they and disregarded those people they, for twenty five years. They have disregarded those people for twenty five years, and or or longer, and. Um, and so, yes, I think you're right that there's that they just can't believe that there wasn't some deeper conspiracy. And 
Um, and it, especially Silicon Valley, looking at mm-hmm. themselves, Silicon Valley being almost uniformly left-leaning, thinking, okay, if one of you, if one of us is stupid enough to let their platform be used by a guy like Trump, then that person ought to be sacrificed and anyway. And let's think about this even further. What is Silicon Valley about? Silicon Valley tech companies, the tech culture is not just about making cool products and selling them to people. It's about changing the world. The ethos of every, of of many, many, many large and small tech companies begins with, and this is going to revolutionize the world. And um, I wonder if there's some deeper, wow, how did we not control this? Which is, to me, scarier. Right. Which, which, and if they would understand that, I don't think Facebook was any more manipulated. And from what I've read, I don't think Facebook was any more manipulated during this campaign than it was during the last campaign. I just think that Silicon Valley doesn't like the result. And so now it's becoming an issue and they're willing to sacrifice one of their own so that they can distance themselves from it. Or any more manipulative than they were before. Mm, right, right. It's just... Right, because, because according to Carol Davidson, the former Barack Obama campaign official, she says that Facebook came into them and said, we're allowing you to do things that we wouldn't allow someone else to do because, quote, we're on your we're side. We're on your side. Good grief. Yeah. Good grief. That's scary. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. We're going to get out of reality and get into some movies and TV next, so stay close. We're going to ask about long-form TV versus films. What are you watching more? A steady drip from the dishwasher, a noisy rattle from your car's engine, different sounds but with the same result, unexpected repair bills. And that's just one area that could result in, shall we say, money anxiety. So what did Jesus say about financial worry? Find out with John MacArthur on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Many of you know or have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and you probably also know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans, but now something new. They're also offering the best group health plans in the nation, typical savings 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors. Without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions, you can call Marley Financial right now, 724-884-14. That's 724-884-1496. Find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496. Marley Financial. Online at marleyfg.com. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. 
When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. You run your HVAC unit more than you run your car. But would you go a whole year without servicing your car? Prolong your unit's life and avoid expensive breakdowns with Pellis Heating and Cooling. Pellis will service your system to keep your unit running strong. Of course, if you have an emergency, a Pellis tech is available 24 hours a day with after-hour calls returned within 15 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S at PellisHVAC.com. What costs less than a Kate Spade purse and is better than a box of chocolates? Well, you wouldn't know because you're a guy. It's the Mother's Day gift that will make you a star with the ladies of your life. Just go to WordFM.com and give her the gift of a ladies' night out. Friday, May 11, Mother's Day weekend, with the very funny Amy Barnes. Live at Impact Christian Church in Moon Township. A night of shopping, dining, and side-splitting entertainment. Ladies' night out, Friday, May 11, at Impact Christian Church. RSVP now. Keyword, ladies, at WordFM.com. Ladies, when was the last time you enjoyed a night out with just the girls? Well, here's your chance with Word FM's Ladies Night Out featuring comedian Amy Barnes. Tickets on sale right now. Individual seats, discounts for groups of 10 or more, and special VIP dinner tickets that include early admission, dinner, and the opportunity to meet Amy Barnes. It's Friday, May 11th at Impact Church in Moon Township. Tickets and info available at wordfm.com. I will be there. I can't wait. We met Amy Barnes a couple times over the uh, phone lines. She's a crack up. She is a funny, funny woman. Um, sometimes it takes a lot to make John and I laugh, and she made. <laughs> anyway, it was very easy. It was very easy for her. I'm sorry, I won't be there. <laughs> Why, ladies' night? You could wear a hat. No. All right, forget no. it. New Mike's going to be there. New Mike's going to be at Ladies' Night. He can't wait. Mike, you coming? Oh yeah. <laughs> For sure. (laughs) I'll be the first one there. Yeah, right. Anyway, I'll be there, people. Friday, May 11th, Impact Christian Church in Moon Township. Tickets available, wordfm.com. All right. So um, if you think of your viewing habits right now, Mm -hmm. uh, Dave, I want to ask you how much you spend watching movies on TV, like a movie that's on TBS or on, I don't know. I don't watch movies on TV. What are like movie networks, like Turner Uh, Classic or something like that? Like with social media, we don't have cable. Okay. We don't have Netflix. We don't have Hulu. Okay. And it's not because we're Luddites or because we're sheltering. It's because this Are you way fighting snakes the, in the backyard? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's because, you know, the kids don't fight over the remote this way. Mm, right. Um, but, but when we did, there was generally one or two uh, TV shows that we followed. Downton Abbey was the last one that we followed religiously. Okay. And so that meant that every Sunday night at mm-hmm. 9 o'clock, yep. you were watching TV. Yep. Now, that's a very old-fashioned uh, way to take in viewing is that you have to show up at a certain time yep. and watch a thing. Yeah. And you know what? We had a DVR for a long time. We had cable for a long time. What I noticed when we lost the DVR is that I didn't miss anything. Like if I missed a show, I missed a show. Um, you know, and and a lot of things you could find online somewhere if I really wanted to to know how the story, or I could wait for the reruns and I was fine with that. But, um, 
but yeah, appointment viewing was fun for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, our kids would would come downstairs at eight fifty five, and Dad, are we having a snack? And there, it was like a movie night on Sunday nights. So, um, and that's the way it always was when I was growing up, and when you were growing up, right? Because Friday appointment nights, viewing was all it was. Friday nights. So was when Duke's you th- a hazard. Okay. Right. Yeah. What else? Do, what else do you think of? Uh, I think of Thursday nights, which uh, NBC Thursday nights, which was Cosby Show, Family Ties, um, wow. and Tuesday nights earlier than that was Happy Days, Happy Laverne, Days Laverne and, Shirley, and Shirley, and Three's Company. Yeah, Three's. Co- I went to bed during Three's. Company. Oh, I was smart. Yeah, because it was really stupid. Um, but I, I know. Yeah, and but of course because it was the forbidden fruit, I had to pay attention. Sure, of had, course. You know, just I'm mom. I'm just going to the bathroom. Oh no, I'm, mom. I'm just going to brush my teeth. Mom, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wednesday night at eight o'clock was eight is enough with Dick oh, Van Patten. Yes, yes, and Mary, whatever her name was, the woman who sang in Cats. Oh, um, I don't know her name. I don't know her name, but it was either. good. I liked it very much. Yeah, and so- Saturday night. Does Saturday night bring back anything for you? Um, I love both. Yes. <laughs> at 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock. And, and Fantasy Island. There we go. They're playing, they're playing. That's right. Yes. That's right. Okay, so, and of course, the requisite conversation in school the next day mm-hmm. was what you thought of Happy Days last night or what you thought of what right. happened on, I mean, like, I hate to say we're talking about what happened on Love Boat because, I mean, it's just idiotic, but that's what we were talking about. Yeah, and in fact, I mean, as I think back, these were shows that were on at nine, ten o'clock at night sometimes, but- in middle school, I remember discussing this because there's only what five channels at the mm-hmm. time, right? And and that's where the that that was all there was. But um, but yeah, in school or at work the next day, you had this shared experience. And now, what they talk about the golden age, the new golden age of television, where these all these great shows, but there are. Hundreds of we can't even call them channels anymore. Avenues, mediums right. of right, and I have I have zero appointment viewing, really, except sporting events. Mm-hmm. So when the Bucks are on, I always am wa- either watching the game or most of the time I'm listening on my radio. But I'm always always listening. If there's a if the Bucks are playing, I'm listening. If the Pens are playing, I'm listening. So sports is appointment viewing or listening for me. Other than that. Everything is either DVR'd or I watch something on Netflix or Amazon. So, so now we, we were talking, or we were going to talk about the transition from movies to this. Right. You're not a big theater goer, right? Yeah. Okay, that's an understatement. Considering every time you bring up a movie, I say, No, I've never seen that. Jaws. <laughs> we found out today she's never seen Jaws. I never saw it. Okay. I never saw it. Have I missed out? I don't know if I. I don't think I missed out. I feel fine about you not seeing it. Definitely missed out. So, okay. Now the. A shift has been noticed um, monetarily be uh, from people going to the movies or people watching movies to people uh, to the to people watching these long form TV shows right. and the artistic investment moving from um, movies to long form TV shows. Right. So all of the you know the best Hollywood talents used to be invested in film only, mm-hmm. but now. You see, I mean, even uh, Mudbound was produced uh, by Netflix, and it was nominated for Academy Award this year. And consider the actors that you see on these. Um, Kevin Spacey. Right. Well, you don't see him anymore. We don't see him anymore. Right. <laughs> right. right. But yeah, but, he, but Kevin Spacey was probably the first major film actor that was premiering a show made for television mm-hmm. in, in um, House of Cards. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interestingly, <laughs> Netflix, Hulu – 
they didn't trip over this. HBO had been doing this for years. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but but the the difference was that when Netflix came into it, they came bringing film. They came bringing the films mm-hmm. and the TV grew out of it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? They built the market and then they started selling something right. different to the market. Right, right. And the other thing about HBO is HBO has always, at least in my mind, I've never had HBO, so I've never been a viewer of it, is it's always been the network that was pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. So if you, so for the shows that were like super violent, lots of sex, lots of bad language, that was going to be on HBO. Right. And so to me... Like just knowing that they were envelope pushers was annoying to me. Oh, okay. It just turned me off, and I thought I don't really care about your, you know, button pushing. I just so being offered a free month of HBO never took, nothing to you. Never took advantage really? of it. Never. And I've been offered. I can't tell you how many free months of HBO. Yeah. No, I've noticed, and and this might just be my paranoia. Okay, which which uh, trust me, which is deep. Is, believe it's me, it's deep. Yes, um, that Christians, my Christian acquaintances, who would not darken the door of a movie theater. I have found so many are binge watching or hooked on three or four long form TV shows, such as Breaking Bad. Right. And I don't Game under- of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yes. Walking Dead. Not only do I not understand the difference between the two, like why would you frequent one and not the other? But- so they wouldn't go to an R rated movie. Yeah. For sure. But they're going to watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. But why in the time investment is now I know it's taken in smaller chunks, but over time, the time investment in a long form TV much show, greater, much greater. Yeah. Hundreds of hours versus the two hours you go in, you see the movie, you like it or don't like it. You walk away. Um, but these long form TV shows, you get sucked in and there's something about them, about the artistry that makes you well, want to know what uh, happens uh, next. Well, week. I'll tell you what it is. This is it. it my read on that. Is that long form TV is allows a more lengthy discovery of right, of wrong, of nuance, mm. of gray. Um, and of course, you can get that in a film, but you can plumb the depths of that on a much more consistent basis and draw in more people to a greater idea or to a greater set of questions in a long-form TV than you can in a film. So you're saying we just love stories. Yeah, I think we love stories, but I also think that in today's America, which is asking more questions about worldview, asking more questions about what is – what are what do relationships mean? What does fidelity mean? What do um, what are the impact of my choices? I think that's one of the big questions that Breaking Bad mm-hmm. asks. I think that the long form TV feeds into the depth of those questions more than movies do. Plus, I think people are late. People are working more. I'm guessing hour wise, and so they're lazier, and so they're able. It's more convenient to watch that at home than it is to go to the movies. Interesting, and to watch it at ten twenty five. Yeah, and you can watch it, or you can watch it at noon. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's the thing: like a lot. It, it's funny because of my schedule. I'm I'm I work in the afternoons. I usually have my mornings off. If I'm going to watch something, sometimes I watch it in the morning, and I don't watch it at night. Interesting. Like you know, when I was growing up, I wasn't watching TV in the morning. And if I'm watching TV in the morning, it's not like I'm watching The View. I'm watching something that I've DVR'd, or I'm watching a long-form TV thing that I'm going to oh, watch Oh, I'm watching the, the View. Wait, what is this? 
This is our break music. Can't you can't you picture is this Jaws? Yeah. Because <laughs> the dark ocean. Should half, I be really afraid? Half moon over a dark ocean. Really afraid? Yes. Should be yes. And and all you see are the ripples in the water. Yeah. Okay. And a sudden shadow. A sudden shadow. And of course, Constantly. a woman swimming by herself. I don't care. See, I don't know. Is it worth it? Should I go back and watch this? Yes. I'm not gonna. I'm just not. You should. Drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. Don't wait. Call now. 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. So what did you think? I was really impressed. You were right. Newcastle Christian Academy has a lot to offer. Couldn't you just see Lauren thriving there? Yeah. I really like that uh, Orton Gillingham. A reading specialist. Yeah. I know. That could really help with her dyslexia. And all of those extracurricular activities. Hey, they have archery. I mean, how cool is that? And band and drama. And scholarships. And- Newcastle Christian Academy. Preschool through eighth grade. In the heart of Lawrence County at nccaed.org. That's a passion of mine serving an underserved population. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock on treating special needs patients. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. It takes some patience. That's about it. And I try to provide that with every one of my patients, special needs or not. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. On Perry Highway in Wexford, visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. Sky staying generally cloudy tonight. It will be cold, a low of 31 degrees. But with winds out of the southwest tomorrow, it will turn milder in the afternoon with a blend of clouds and sun and a high of 53. 
Cloudy with a bit of rain toward dawn tomorrow night, a low of just 45. We'll dry out Thursday with clouds breaking for some sunshine. It'll turn quite windy, but noticeably warmer. An afternoon high up to 68 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM. You have five children. Yes. Five complete children. Right, five complete, <laughs> yes. Well, a few incomplete. But yeah, no, five complete children. Yeah, so that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so since you have them, you have to, like, raise them. Uh-huh. Yeah. The reason I bring that up. Look, we eat every day. <laughs> well, the reason I bring that up is we just spent the last um, segment talking about entertainment, about right. long-form TV, films. We didn't even get to talking about it. We address social media at the top of the hour in talking about Mark Zuckerberg testifying today. But um, all of those things are working against kids being immersed in the actual world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the problems we're having. I know I have two kids of my own and it's hard to pull your kids out of the digital universe and into the actual one. Out of the digital universe. Yes. And out of the, uh, the, what I'll call the commercial parenting culture universe what is that the the um the manufactured childhood mm. of uh, i gotta make sure my kids are in this many activities right so the helicopter parenting yeah, for, type of thing. well even more so we had we had friends at one time um, sorry just stop right there period um we had friends at one time who had three kids each of their kids were going to be involved in eight different activities that was their family rule mm-hmm. and so Every kid was in eight different activities. Now, that's 24 activities. No, you Some don't mean literally cross. eight. No, I mean literally Come eight. Come on. That was their – they had charted that out. They're only seven days. Um, they they spent a lot of time driving the kids around oh, to that's, activities. Oh, that's, cr- yep. that's absolutely crazy. Yeah. And, and so the – what we observe and we observe en masse is – that um, children have a tremendous amount of time in structured structured situations and have very little time to be bored mm-hmm. or be creative right. or to explore or to, you know and there is um, to us my wife and I there was um, a strong desire to not um, to not participate in that culture we our kids do stuff uh, they're on a swim team. Mm-hmm. We we go to the pool. They are in. They go to school. They are involved in school activities and and things that they ask for. We generally try to figure out if we can make it happen. Are we going to a, a girl? Uh, we have a daughter in a, in a choir, and um, but we have not been insistent on a certain level of activity, and furthermore, have insisted. On a, on a level of inactivity. And it's mm-hmm. kind of nice that we don't have a, a lot of money to be doing 17 different things anyways. Right. So that's helpful that you've decided that, that right? That is. But I, I tripped over an article last week that affirmed what I actually want to do in the first place. <laughs> Which is called Slacker Parenting. In Praise of Slacker Parenting by Heather Wilhelm mm-hmm. in the National Review. It's a good piece. It is a really good piece. Um, she starts out by highlighting an article from the New York Times which talks about 
a homework therapist. Mm. Now, did you know that there was that <laughs> this did. was such an <laughs> no that caught my attention. All right, so the homework therapist, according to the New York Times, quote, represents a new niche in the hundred billion dollar tutoring industry. So, to the tune of two hundred to six hundred dollars per session. Wow. Homework therapists act as part tutor, part therapist, offering emotional support to the overstressed children of ambitious parents. So now they now uh, first of all, I feel like maybe I should get this job, right? Mm, yeah. Because I could for do it for 600 an hour. Like heck yeah, right? You do it for 5. Right. I could do it for 3. <laughs> Via Skype, email or text, okay? So I you can actually do this by text. Mm-hmm. I mean, how lazy of a homework therapist do you have to be? But anyway, uh, they soothe cranky students, hoping to steer them back to the path of achievement. And it's not about tutoring them in a specific subject or helping them do better on their homework. No, it's to just actually make them do their homework. Right. And why do these students need that uh, that coaching or that therapy? Because I, I think, I mean, from my own experience and from I, I would guess this is the same conclusion that the that the writer would come to is that because so much of kids' time has been controlled, they don't know how to make their own decisions and decide to do the thing that has to be done, which is, in this instance, homework. And furthermore, anxiety about whether uh, either a child is measuring up to their expectations or a parent is measuring up to the expectations that are on them. That um, how many parents do you know? Now, you have kids that are your older kids. Your kids are the same age as my older kids. Right. How many parents do you know that are still incredibly anxious about making sure everything lines up oh, for their children? It's a temptation for me, too, yeah. that I fight against all the time. I, I will not do that. I will not do that. I think every parent who's paying any attention who has kids that age are trying to either trying to do that or recognizing that's a problem and then striving not to do that. It's really, but that's the cultural push. It's really hard to let go, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. So like uh, one of my friends put out a question at the start of the school year. Do you make your kids lunch? Mm-hmm. And it was just it was just an honest question. What was interesting are all the people that responded to the question who were like super preachy about why they either do or don't, oh, okay. which is annoying. And I don't, I don't want to talk to any of those people. But there's... But I appreciated the fact that there's a strategy there. For, so I do make my daughter's lunch. She's okay. still in high school. Now, my friend was saying she has decided not to make her daughter's lunch because she's trying to teach her to be responsible, nice. which I think is a great, great. A great idea. So you have to bring – you have to teach that responsibility in some way, shape, or form. I never, never, I never check on my daughter's homework. Hmm. Never. Never. I never have. Um, and – she has learned to be because you're paying three hundred an hour to somebody right, else to the homework daughter, right? therapist, <laughs> right? No, because th- that's her. This is her life, and she knows that she's responsible for it, and so she's going to do her thing. Now, it's also dependent that I know who my kid is. If yeah. I had a different child, I might have to do that on a nightly basis to keep them where they have to be. It doesn't mean I'm a better parent than you or a worse parent than you because I don't check on my kid's homework. But there has to be what I'm saying is some space, whether it's their lunch or it's their homework or it's their sports team or whatever. There has to be some space where the kid is existing, making decisions on their own and and can suffer the consequences if they don't. And the reason for that is because you don't want to be making decisions for them for their entire lives. So right. therefore – Therefore, it's best that they get this learning out of the way now. Yeah, which is what the what the article calls slacker parenting. Right. Like if you compare yourself actually letting your kid fail 
mm-hmm. to the parent who lives next door to you who's never who's going to micromanage everything so their kid never fails you're the slacker parent yep. and it's probably a good thing and when my son was in eighth grade uh seventh eighth grade we were we were wrestling with uh the the homework he was turning in and he was fighting us about it and called his uh called the school which is pittsburgh urban christian they said you need to talk to so and so and and we get on i get on the phone with with this middle school teacher cuz she's the guru and she says you know what now is the time for him to learn what failure feels like because at some point this is going to bite mm-hmm. him it's a question right. of whether it's now when it has incredibly little consequence or later but at some point, failure is going yeah, to you're get learn him. It, right? He's going to learn that he needs to allow others to edit his work. He needs to learn not to procrastinate. And that is the essence of slacker parenting. It's not – you know, slacker parenting would have a bad rap, but it's really – it's release parenting. It And it's me saying, you know what, kid? I, I already graduated eighth grade. I don't need to do it again. I don't need to prove that I mm-hmm. can. If you want to graduate eighth grade, then do your work. Right. But here's the problem, and we're up against a break, is if you don't start giving your kids some independence when they're in fourth grade, it's going to be really hard for you to institute that when they're in eighth grade. Indeed. Right? More coming up on today's Right Home. John Van Pay, pastor and author of the new book, Marathon Faith. Surrendering your life to Jesus is the greatest decision you'll ever make. But that's just the starting line. Many of us begin our spiritual races of following Jesus with unrealistic expectations that hinder us from crossing the finish line. Every faith journey encounters obstacles. Just open the Bible. And my new book, Marathon Faith, Motivation from the Greatest Endurance Runners of the Bible, I write about how men and women of faith overcame obstacles and how you can do the same. Along with scriptural references, I include my own life experiences about endurance running. When things get tough, let God help you endure your race so you too can finish well. Order your copy of author John Van Pay's compelling new book, Marathon Faith, Motivation from the Greatest Endurance Runners of the Bible, at Amazon and at barnesandnoble.com. Hi, this is John Hall. How'd you sleep last night? I slept good, real good. Last night, I fell asleep fast. Then I dreamt about tropical beaches, little puppies, a mountain of candy, and steak. I mean, that's a really good night's sleep. And I woke up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. It's all thanks to my pillow, And that same great night's sleep can be yours anywhere you go. Right now, inventor Mike Lindell is offering his four-pack special for Word FM listeners. Get two full-size MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows so there's no excuse not to get a good night's sleep wherever you go. Plus, the machine washable and dryable and are backed by MyPillow's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Just call 1-800-961-9207 and use the promo code WORD to get the four-pack special. Or enter promo code WORD at MyPillow.com and get the four-pack special today. That's 1-800-961-9207 or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home, Jim. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up the whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. 
Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. of security in your church or business, I'm sure has become a top priority. And Word FM is here to help you. There's an upcoming conference I want to tell you about, Word FM Safety and Security. And this is an event that can inform you of all the resources that are available, and they can help you design your own personal game plan to keep your people safe. It's April 17th from 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Hillside Christian Community Church in Carnegie. You can register today at wordfm.com, the Safety and Security conference. Um, Dave, when you go into a public place, your church, your school, I mean, you spend your whole working life in a school. Yes. You also are at your church a lot of the time. Yep. Do you ever have a an instance of like being afraid or of random violence? Yes. Do you? Mm-hmm. And how do well, you? I mean, not, not from coworkers. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Although when I, I wore mean, the Flyers well, jersey am, yesterday, I, I, was I wasn't gonna, sure. I was going to bring this up. If you weren't listening to the show yesterday, um, I you know we come in the room at about four o'clock, right before the show's about to start. And Dave came in earlier than me yesterday, and I walked in, and he was wearing a Philadelphia Flyers jersey, like in all its orange and black resplendent horribleness. My very own. It was atrocious. But since the show was about to start, in two minutes, there's nothing I could do. I couldn't go, like, get, like, Penn's accoutrement to, like, offset it. I couldn't, like, use a black magic marker and, like, mess it up. I couldn't do anything because I had to do a radio show. And then I was, like, held captive looking at that thing for two hours. I think that's why the studio smelled so bad It did smell bad. There was, was, like, a lingering type of staleness. (laughs) It was a game-worn jersey. It was nasty. (laughs) Oh, but the look of surprise on your face. And you said you'd planned that for a long time, oh, which just shows I, oh, since, well, deep since darkness. A long time being a couple of days since the playoff seatings were set. Like, yeah, right. Totally set okay, so this. tomorrow night, uh, the, pe- the Pens take on the Flyers Yes, um, here in Pittsburgh at the PPG Paints Arena that I still call the console. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here we go. Uh-huh. Yeah. I heard a rumor, uh, New Mike... That someone we know well is going to be present personally at that game. Yes. I think that rumor is true. And is that person you? And that person is me. I can't believe I that. Can't wait. How, so what, do you have friends in high places or like did you get a raise or what, what happened here? No. I, uh, you, have, you have no friends and you didn't get a raise. I have this. I have this. You uh, stole them. I stole them, yeah. So I signed up for this pen pa- pens pass. I don't it's, know what that is. They send you a text message and they give you an opportunity to buy a ticket at a reasonable price. Really? Yes. So, I mean, it's it's kind of weird. I haven't gotten my ticket yet. It takes like, I, I guess it takes like a, a few hours before game time until you get it. But because it's it's you, you're not you're not guaranteed a seat where you know you're going to get up to the glass but you're guaranteed a seat and they let you know like what the seat is right the seat the is like oh yeah. okay yeah. so you don't know what your seat is you just know that you're going to have I know one. that i'm going to yes yes could you show up there and be standing room only no no you will have a seat i i know that it's in a specific location sir specific section like the um fedex section or the okay um giant eagle and are, and are you section. going alone 
I'm going by myself. Good for you. Oh. Yes. Good for you because there's nothing wait. wrong with that. I like to go to a, a, a ball game alone. I do. Or yeah. a, any, yeah. any kind of sporting yeah. event. I'll make friends there. Sure. Because all those people are already your friends, Mike. Amen. Except I have a shirt you can that, borrow oh, if you'd like to make more get friends. Get out of here. I'm going to burn that Absolutely thing. appalling. Well, Mike, good for you. <laughs> Thanks. Good for you. Can I bring something of my own that you could take to PPG of course. so that I could feel like I was there and that I could bring some mojo? Yes. Of okay. course. I want to do that. Anything. I don't know what it is. As I, long as it doesn't have the color orange on it. No, mm. of course not. I, I got a Phil Kessel bobblehead for Christmas for my cousin Rich. Nice. And it's awesome. It's taller. I have a Mario bobblehead and a Flurry bobblehead. I keep them together in a in a place of honor, on top of a bookshelf, and uh, the sun glints on it, and it's very beautiful. And I, I hear angels. Uh, I do. I wow. hear angels when the sun hits it. Um, but the Phil Kessel bobblehead's taller than the other ones. And actually, I think in reality, probably Mario is considerably taller than Kessel. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, but anyway, it doesn't matter because in my fake bobblehead world, Kessel is preeminent, and he has been playing like it lately. Am I making that up? No. No, I'm not. Okay, so let's go, Pens. Let's go, Pens. All right, more coming up to finish out today's ride home. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. One company is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Sounds like a big number, doesn't it? Not to express employment professionals, seeking a skilled labor position, or administrative work. Maybe you're an executive looking for a career that fits. We take pride in connecting the right people with the right company. Express Employment Professionals is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Let us help. We'll open doors for you. Visit ExpressPros.com slash Pittsburgh West. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. If you missed any portion of today's ride home, you can find us online, johnandkathyshow.com, where you can download our brand new podcast. Yay. It's made its debut. It's better than ever. It's better than it used to be. I'm telling you, it's just the kind of thing to complete your listening enjoyment, johnandkathyshow.com. All right. So you mentioned earlier in today's program, Dave, that you don't have a DVR. That's correct. Nor cable. Nope. Mike, do you have a DVR and do you have cable? Neither. Neither. I just have the internet and Netflix. Okay. Got it. Um, I have a DVR and I have cable. So my question is, when you have, and both of you are involved in your local churches, when you have church meetings Mm -hmm. or rehearsals or whatever it is that you're doing, and there's a sporting event going on, (laughs) what happens? Um, Because I'll tell you what happens in my world is I just record it and then I'm going to go home and watch it. So there's no anxiety at all. Right. No, we just miss it. You just miss it. Yeah. I, I, f- I play hooky. <gasps> oh, nice. What is he saying? I'm a liar. Yeah. So you don't go to the meeting or rehearsal? No. No I way. Love, I love that commitment he has. Well, and frankly, there are um, there are very few 
really, really, really solidly important events that we won't get home at least for the second half of. Okay, depending on – so you're thinking that the meeting's probably not going to go past 9. Yeah, or if it's a Major League Baseball game, won't go past 1 in the okay, morning. Okay, but here's one thing. And look, I'm not trying to talk you into getting cable and, D- mm-hmm. and a DVR, but I kind of am. Only because I feel sorry for you that you have to watch commercials. Okay, but also follow, follow – um, I used to be an avid baseball and hockey watcher. Yes. I don't see either of them now. Because they're not on antenna TV. Right. And a message to the cable companies, I don't miss it like I thought I would. Really? Do you listen to it on the radio? Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. Because let's be honest. To me, hockey is not as good on the radio as it is on TV, but baseball is better. Mm-hmm. Baseball is a game made for radio. Yep. And there's nothing – I mean I can't tell you. when I th- When it gets to be this time of year – Baseball starts. All I can think about is grilling outside with the ball game on. Yep. That's just one of my favorite happy places in my life. Do you have the MLB radio app? I do have. That's a good app. Mm, Don't you gosh. think it is? 20 bucks a year. That is a, any ball game in the country. That is a good deal. And not only any ball game in the country, but you can listen to it from either perspective. Yep. So if Boston's playing the Yankees, you can listen to the Red Sox broadcast or the Yankees That's broadcast. Right. And you can switch back and forth. That's right, and um, and there's there's like not not the blackout issues that you have with uh, with TV, where everything is so restricted. They're like, ah, eh, throw it out there. Who's going to listen to it? A lot of us listen to it. Right, right. It's the way to do baseball. No, I agree. That's a really good app. All right, thank you, Dave Moore today. Thank pleasure you, Kathy, for, having for having you having in the on. studio. Thank you, New Mike, and My thank pleasure. you to all of you. Enjoy your Tuesday evening in Pittsburgh. See you back here tomorrow for the ride home. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.